Hello, 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 and welcome to The Fandom Show, the podcast where we learn about fantastic fandoms by talking to our favorites about their favorites. I'm Kaya Green. And I'm Stephanie Malik. And today we are talking about little pocket monsters that make us want to be the best like no one ever was. It's Pokemon. Ooh. What? <laughs> I don't know. It's a new Pokemon song. What? Uh, what you? What you, yourself? You could have done a like, dun, 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 or something. Pikachu. <laughs> yeah, sure. That, that works. That works. Okay. Um, Steph, what do you know about Pokemon? I know about 151 things about Pokemon, and that's where it ends. And those are all the original Pokemon. Do you know all the original Pokemon? No. Can you name them? Uh, I have the poker rap don't, here. I can read it. Don't deceive us. No, don't um, read the poker No, I, I, when it first came out, I was uh, into anime at the time. Uh, so I watched a bit of the show. I played uh, the first game. I played a bit of Pokemon Go when it came out. Uh, I would say I'm a real casual. I saw the movie in theaters when oh, it yeah, came out. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, but beyond Gen 1, I know nothing. I know nothing but what uh, our guest who will be introduce- introduced shortly has uh, p- talked about on uh, the internet and our a few of our friends. That's it. Real casual. What yeah. about you? Um, okay, so I think I was like the target age for this. Yeah, I definitely sort of was not. Came out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, there is an age difference slightly. Um, yeah, but, I'm 22 and Kaya's older. Um, sure. I, I, was the, I was the right age for this. So Pokemon cards, I was asking my parents for it. They were, we were trading it in the... Like, I, I never played the game. Not even once did I even attempt to use the actual rules. None of my friends did. We all just, just wanted to possess Pokemon yes. cards. Um, because, you know, catching them all, that's the point. Yeah. I do recall at one point um, a, a young boy tried to trade me um, my Ponyta for his um, cardboard box that they came in. Um, <laughs> and I recall that being the first time in my life where I went, you think I'm stupid because I'm a girl, don't you? <laughs> uh, so it's a very formative IP for me in many different ways. But double wrong. Yeah, uh, not stupid, not a girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and uh, it, yeah, it was very formative in that sense. But I do, I did sort of drop off after the first generations, yeah. especially because my mom wouldn't let me have game systems. So as soon as I wasn't sort of watching the cartoon, it kind of disappeared from my life. Got it. Yeah. Got it, got it. You know who does know a lot about Pokemon? Oh my God, Who? <laughs> we do the same bit every time, and it, it'll never stop. Is it fun? Do you like this? Because <laughs> we're going to do it either way. Uh, no, our guest today is Philippe Dimas, who is a Toronto-based writer and comedian, uh, best known for his work as a satirical columnist writing for the Beaverton, uh, and also having written the animated short Demon League for Byte TV. Philippe, how you doing? Hi, y'all. I'm great. How are y'all doing? Very good. Great. Thanks for coming. I'm very Thanks excited to talk about this. Absolutely. It's nice that... People will be forced to listen to me talk about Pokemon for us, <laughs> as opposed to putting up with it as they slowly <laughs> look for reasons out. <laughs> you just you just pitched the logline of our show. <laughs> that is what it is for. Yeah. I have heard you talk about this when we're hanging out at bars and stuff, so I'm very excited to actually get to like ask you the questions I would have been embarrassed in that moment to ask you. Absolutely. <laughs> and I will get into the nitty-gritty that... No one asked for. Yes, please, because we did. What we want. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, someone's coming, never heard of Pokemon somehow. Uh, how would you describe Pokemon to someone who's never heard a thing about it? Oh, man, never heard a thing. Uh, I would be shook they had never heard a thing about Pokemon <laughs> from the start. That's the first part of it. I would need a moment to uh, recover there. But never heard about it. Um, brand new alien on Earth wants to know what this big yeah. popular thing is. It's... Uh, essentially what it is, it's a, a world, it's an alternate world, um, where there are these creatures, these monsters that, uh, live alongside humans and they're hyper intelligent. They battle, uh, you collection all, there's literally over a thousand Wait, now. Are all the Pokemon hyper intelligent? They're all, uh. Or like sentient beings? They're all sentient is the right. correct term. Yeah. Oh. There, there are some that are dumber than others, like famously, uh, like Slowpoke's whole thing. Yeah. It's real dumb. They're more intelligent than animals. Exactly. Right. Um, and yeah, it's, it's this universe, uh, up where there's these kind of creatures living alongside humans that have all these different specialty roles. And yeah, it's, it's just this television program, video game series, endless amounts of media about, Hey, there's these creatures, there's these monsters that humans have tamed, have, uh, lived alongside, which is a big part of it. It's not necessarily tamed, just they are the literal gods in this universe. There's a whole pantheon of lore about them. And it's kind of like... In a way, it's humans not being the dominant species, but in a way also being it. Where um, and yeah, it's it's 
this question is so difficult to answer because Pokemon is so many different things. It's like both like a, a game of collection. It is uh, a Pantheon world lore of so much. Um, there's like a whole, yeah, there's gods. There's different layers of gods. There's an origin story in the Pokemon universe. Um, it's a fighting game. It's a fighting game. It's a very like math heavy tactical fighting game as well. Like there's a lot of calculations in competitive play and stuff wow, like that. so many questions already. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, and that's like... I may be jumping ahead to a future question here, but that's part of the reason I think it's so popular is it's all of these things. It's both like a collection thing. Like it scratches that itch that like Funko Pops scratch where it's like, right. I want all my favorites. Once uh, you have two, you need to have all. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's And then even there's layers above that. It's like even if you catch all the Pokemon, you're like, I want all the shiny Pokemon. Right. Which is the ones that are different colors and people like that. The like, completionist <laughs> part of your brain. Exactly. Yeah, totally. And then there's also like the battling aspect where it's like, oh, you, it's I'm just a casual fan, so I just like pressing flamethrower and my Charizard doing a bunch of damage and I win. Or you could be like, I'm a competitive fan and I want to do the math calculation of like, okay, if I take a point out of my speed stat and put that into my attack stat, then I'll be able to do more damage to this Pokemon, but I'll be slower than this Pokemon. So as long as they don't have that guy, I should win this fight. And it's like very intense and heavy in that way. Wow. And it's, and as I said before, it's a whole universe world where there's like lore and like some of them are gods, which is crazy to think about, and some of them are the souls of humans. What? And yeah, some of the Pokemon are literally like their Pokedex entry is like, this was a child who died lost in the forest. What? And which Pokemon this is, is this? That is um, Yanmask is, I believe. Um, oh no, sorry, Yanmask, Phantump is, Phantump is the soul of a child who died in the forest, and Yanmask is a Pokemon who is just a dead soul, and the mask they carry is uh, rumored to be uh, resemble their human face. Oh my god. What? Wait, yeah. do, do they have all different masks then? Uh, or I mean, like, just... in the game they look the same, but, like, that's the in-game lore. Whoa. And then there's also the whole discussion of, like, is the Pokedex accurate, or is this kind of, like, people playing it up in a mythological thing, like, in-universe people being like, oh yeah, our, the Arcanine can breathe 5,000 degree Fahrenheit heat. It's like, well, no, he can't, but... What? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole I love well. when a world gets big enough that there starts to be a like doubt of the powerful figures within that world of like, yeah, but what's their motivation? It's like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. We're not even trusting the Pokedex now. I love Absolutely, this. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I have a base level question. Okay, so you said these are sentient beasts, gods, uh, souls of humans. How on earth, why would they fight for people and live in tiny little balls? Mm -hmm. What is... What? That makes no sense to oh, me. Oh, great question. Okay. <laughs> and an a question that realistically doesn't have that satisfactory an answer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can't um, wait. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of like, depending on the medium, there's a whole bunch of different responses to both those questions. Generally, it's kind of glossed over or accepted <laughs> as like, oh, the Pokemon enjoy the battling as like a form of like sport. It's okay. like they get a lot of it out okay. of it as well. Uh, the Pokeballs are often explained as like, oh no, they're like in a tranquil state when inside of it. But then at the same time, the whole premise of the first like 20 seasons of the anime was like, hey, Pikachu is scared to go in the Pokeball. So it's like, why? Oh. <laughs> why is Pikachu scared oh. to go in this? Wait, yeah, yeah that begs more questions. <laughs> than oh, no. Exactly. And then even in game, like in the video games, there's a ball called there's a like because there's different types of the pokeballs famously even in gen one there's like great ball ultra ball master ball etc right. and then they uh branched <laughs> out ball. huge into uh later games and one of them is called like the luxury ball and if you catch a pokemon in that they'll like you more because this is a luxurious ball which implies the regular pokeballs are kind of shitty oh. <laughs> yeah or at least like maybe not shitty but like at least like they're uh like Economy class. Yes, yeah, so I'm never getting like I dream of genie yeah. lamp setups in there exactly. with like plush couches and other people are just I mean, like. That's always how I imagined the Pokeball. I thought I didn't think that they got tranquilized when they went into it and were just unconscious <laughs> because like to me that's worse. The idea of like, hey, come on out to fight, and then you're going back into sleepy times. Yeah, I always thought that it was like a little like. It's just environment chillin'. in there, like yeah. a little zoo kind of setup. Yeah. I think it was my first dive into existentialism. <laughs> being a kid, being like, wait, what if a Pokemon gets put in a Pokeball and then that Pokeball like gets lost under the couch for 10 years? What like, if you what? drop it in the water and <laughs> yeah. it's not a water type? What, oh, what no. happens to that Pokemon when it someday gets released? Because oh, guess what? No. Kids lose stuff all the time. Oh, famously. 
Oh no. Hmm, well, I'm already uh, sad a little, um, so <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna hop out of this. We're talking because I'm getting also very sad. Um, what's your origin story? When did you get into Pokemon? How did you get in? What hooked ya? Uh, so similar to what Kai was saying, I was kind of the target demographic. Pokemon uh, came over in the late '90s, and I was uh, I was born in 1990. So I was when Pokemon came over, I was like eight to nine years old. And then being a kid and seeing a cartoon on television with a fun theme song and a bunch of bright colors and stuff fighting each other in cool ways, you're like, oh, yes, I love this more than anything. And then you go to school and everyone loves it more than anything as well. And you're like, well, I need to love this more than anyone else or I'm failing. (laughs) Yeah, super relatable content. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, the games came out. And, again, I remember uh, because a few of my friends had the game before I got it. And I remember playing it and being like, wait, I could get any of the Pokemon? What? And it's like, again, another appeal of the game where it's like, it's so customizable where it's like, you play a game like, uh, for example, uh, The Last of Us. Great game. Fantastic game. Terrific game. Talk about it too much. Exactly. (laughs) But everyone plays that game, that plays that game is playing the same game. It's a very linear story. It's very, you know what's going to happen. Everyone has the same experience. With Pokemon, your best Pokemon could be a Pokemon another player never even sees in their gameplay. Wow. Potentially. That's cool. And it's... Yeah, it's very customizable. So, And then it creates these debates of like, I like Bulbasaur, I like Squirtle. Oh, you guys like starters, how cliche. I love Nidoran. And then it's <laughs> this crazy <laughs> schoolyard discussion. It's essentially like, in a way, sports for kids who are too young to understand the nuances of sports. Being like, this is my favorite one because I decided so. And I will fight to the death for it now. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I did. He, I was reading some takes on it today that were, said very similar things. It's like for a kid, that's so much control to have around your like personality and your own like way of setting things up, mm-hmm. of getting your own Pokemon, of like customizing it exactly the way you want them and comparing that with your friends. Like that's so appealing for a child that doesn't have power over anything. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? Yeah, it's uh, endlessly customizable and like endlessly, infinitely customizable as well, where it's just, you could play, and most people do, which is part of the appeal, uh, and one of the biggest criticisms from Pokemon that they don't have multiple save files, uh, really, because you could play that game over and over again and just have a relatively different experience each time. Like, yeah, you'll still fight the same gym leaders, um, but, like, the guys you train, the guys you catch, the bonds you form with them, um, it's very uh, personal to each player, which is a lot of the appeal for a kid. Oh, cool. Okay, well, on that subject, let's talk about the Pokemon themselves. Mm-hmm. There's the original 151, yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now there's thousands. So can you, like... Just over a thousand, yeah. Just just over a thousand. Okay. So can you, can you give us a quick rundown on, like, what types of Pokemon are there? Because I know that there are different, like, elements and so on and so forth. For the uninitiated, what, how does that all break down? Yeah, sure. So, um... Pokemon famously, uh, part of the big appeal and uh, what really separated it all apart from a lot of other JRPGs at the time, Japanese role-playing games, is the battle system had this kind of elemental type uh, combat initiated in it, where certain types were strong against other types, and each Pokemon had a typing assigned to it, sometimes a solo typing, sometimes a dual typing. For example, uh, a basic Pokemon that's just a regular ass animal uh, it's just a normal type. If it's a bird, it's a normal type. If it's a rat, it's a normal type. Full stop. Rude. What? Like, <laughs> truly, what a bummer. <laughs> it should be like, ah, uh, there are all these magical types. You're fucking normal. Yeah. <laughs> you are a pigeon. Full stop. <laughs> the guy next to you is a lizard that can breathe fire. <laughs> yeah, you fucking yeah. normal. You're a fucking mouse. Yeah. It, <laughs> in which case, uh, yeah, a lizard that can breathe fire is a fire type. A mouse that shoots electricity is an electric type. And then so these are all balanced uh, against each other so that uh, water types uh, do more damage against fire types and do less damage against electric types, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, yeah, they're all classified in that way. So that's the base distribution system um, of classifying Pokemon. There's also the, like, tiers of, like, battle strength where there's what's considered... um, the legendary and the mythical Pokemon. And then if you Those are like the gods. Yeah, typically the gods. So yeah, the gods will be legendary or mythical Pokemon. And then if you get into competitive battling, there's like the uber Pokemon, which is like the tier below legendary, where it's like these are the strongest Pokemon that aren't considered legendary, like your Dragonites, um, your Garchomps, stuff like that. It's like typically dragon Pokemon are very late game Pokemon that you get like just before the final uh, battles. And then it breaks down. You've got your starter Pokemon, which are typically strong Pokemon you get at the beginning that are kind of beginner-friendly. 
And then, yeah, all the way down to your kind of beginner entry-level Pokemon, which is another way they do the game so well, is they really streamline you into like, okay, you start the game and you get Rat and Pigeon, and uh, very simple to understand. <laughs> rat bites and pigeon packs, and those are your attacks. Welcome to New York. Yeah, yeah. anyone who lives in the city knows this already, so you've got an in. Yeah, and so very easy to understand. And then once you get bite and peck down, late game, you're like, ah, yes, this is the god of time. Their ability allows you to stop time. <laughs> I see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great, great. Um, can you tell us about some of the best and worst Pokemon? In oh, your like opinion. the Pokemon themselves? Yeah. Oh, man. Or weirdest. Um, I'll also take weirdest. Weirdest is very fun. Uh, so I'm very much in the camp of, like, <laughs> best and worst Pokemon is so subjective. A lot of people give uh, shit to the newer games because they're like, oh, they're running out of ideas. Uh, all the new Pokemon are so uh, boring and unoriginal. Some of the newer Pokemon are like keys and an ice cream cone. It's like, what? <laughs> Again, some of the original Pokemon were rat and pigeon. <laughs> and one of the original Pokemon was just six eggs. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally a Pokemon in the uh, original 151 that is just a rock. Yeah, just a yeah. rock. Or there's also the one that's just a Pokeball, and its evolution is upside-down oh. Pokeball. Oh, yeah, that <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, if those were released today, the internet would lose their mind. Um, there's a lot of uh, fun, uh, silly, weird ones. Uh, I like the ones with, like, crazy, as I alluded to earlier. Um, just, like, crazy Pokedex entries and crazy lore. Uh, a lot of the ghost Pokemon are very much like that. It's, like, the ones that are, like, oh, this Pokemon is famous for luring children into the woods. And <laughs> what? That's yeah. a real one? Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, one? Uh, that's the Phantom one I talked about earlier, where it's, like, I believe it's suggested they reproduce by luring children into the woods, and then they die, and their spirit enters a tree, and they also become a Phantom. Dear God, um, that's dark. Yeah, it's really, really dark. Even the original 151, like, I believe, like, uh, Hypno's lore was, like, very creepy and, like, suggesting, like, yeah, it literally, like, hypnotizes humans and, like, lures them away and, like... A lot of luring involved. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, well, because most Pokemon are based off, like, actual mythology and stuff like oh, that. Oh, really? Yeah, a lot of them are based off, uh, especially, like, East Asian mythology and, like, um, the later generations where they expand outside of Japan. Because the first, I want to say, four generations all took place in... Um, implied to Japan. They give it different names, but right. like... Yeah. Was that Kanto? Kanto's uh, uh, the first one, yeah. And then Johto is the second one and uh, goes on. But then like Gen 5, I believe it is, uh, takes place in... Um, is that the one that takes place in the US? But there's one that takes place in France, one that takes place in the UK, one that takes place in Hawaii. Um, there, The newest one takes place in uh, Spain and Portugal. Cool. And yeah, they don't call it that, but it's like very clearly right. suggested it yeah. is. Um, so yeah, as they expanded out, so they like took lore and mythology from like all these places. And a lot of the Pokemon you can see from those places as well. Um, even like Mr. Mime is like based off like a lot of like Japanese street performance mime kind of stuff. Um, and in, um, in English, we have Abracadabra and Alakazam. But their Japanese names are named after like three famous Japanese music uh, magicians as cool. well. So it's like, yeah, a lot of the Pokemon are like just directly, just like, hey, here's a big cultural thing in Japan. We're gonna make this monster, this Pokemon, to like kind of honor them in a way. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, that like so many opportunities there. Mm -hmm. All right, if you had to pick which Pokemon best represents you and best represents Kaya, and best represents me. Oh, Please. man, I wish I knew this coming into this. That's such a... We, we can, we can <laughs> we come can back hold around you can, to this. You yeah. can you share it later. On it. If you want to think on it. Uh, the one I love to identify with is uh, one of my favorites, and one of the ones that gets the most flack, too, which is why I think I'm so defensive of like what people consider <laughs> bad Pokemon, is I love Trubbish I so much. Say, I knew you were going to say just Trubbish. A, it's a, just a bag of garbage. It's just a jolly garbage bag <laughs> that runs around and makes a mess. <laughs> I love Trubbish. A lovely poison type, and it's wonderful, and then it evolves into a bigger, just <laughs> upset bag of garbage. <laughs> what's the, what's the, the next level's name? Garbador. <laughs> oh my god yeah. uh, and it's just like truly just like an overflowing Garbador. bag of garbage that's just clearly like oh no I've made mistakes because <laughs> <laughs> they all evolve right and some of them do just kind of evolve from that thing but bigger they don't right? all evolve though I don't think no oh yeah there right 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 single evolution Pokemon yeah. right like Mr. Mime doesn't evolve but Mr. some Mime of them does evolve, evolve now Mr. Mime what well, until even what Mr. Monsieur Mime <laughs> uh 
Mr. So in uh, Gen 2, I believe they introduced Mime Jr., which evolves into Mr. Mime. Oh, and then, it's just um, a tinier mime. <laughs> He's just a theater student? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 yeah, Mime Jr. is just a kid at Humber College. <laughs> <laughs> or the Japanese yeah, equivalent exactly. of Humber College, culturally. A, a kid at uh, Sapporo College. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then evolves into uh, Mr. Rhyme in the newest game. Mr. Rhyme? Yeah. And so it's now like, he's talking? No. You Okay, but why is he a rhyme then? It's not spelled the same way. It's, it's weird. And it's also a regional uh, Pokemon. It's like part ice-based. It's very, a lot of the regional Pokemon are very strange. I'm fascinated. It's a British, like, clown, Interesting. Yeah. Wait, Interesting. and I have a follow-up question on something you said earlier that I've heard a lot of, but I don't, never fully understand. What is a shiny Pokemon? Because I've heard people refer to shiny Pokemon a ton, including oh, on them, actually. All right. Um, oh, yeah, it's famously a tagline. In yeah, actually exactly. But I don't um, actually know what they are. Did you ever play the second generation? I didn't, no. Okay. Um, so... They were introduced in Generation 2 in a very subtle way uh, that a lot of people didn't realize until years later, where in Generation 2, a big plot line of the Pokemon Gold and Silver games was you need to go catch a red Gyarados. And Gyarados is like a, a water serpent Pokemon blue, right? that is famously blue, yes. and then you can go catch a, a red version of it. And what essentially they were introducing in that very subtle way without making any other reference to it is from Generation 2 and onwards... Uh, there was a very tiny chance that when you encounter a Pokemon, it'll be a different color palette. Oh. And so in Generation 2, it was, a, I believe, 1 in 8,192 chance that any Pokemon you encounter will be this color palette. Later games, they cut that in half, so it was 1 in 4,096. Um, Still very big. Very, very difficult. And in the newer games, they introduced certain items you can guess that would lower that even further. Okay. Like, oh, okay, yeah. okay, cool. Like, if you complete your Pokedex, it cuts it down to like way, way less. Right, because I was wondering like, how on earth do you just, you can't just keep trying to catch them until well, you get one. That's the thing. It's like a big community on Twitch of people just being like, I'm a shiny hunter. I'm just going to play Pokemon for eight hours straight, trying to catch a shiny Oddish. And that's it. So they'll just sit there for eight hours and have a counter of how many Oddishes they've seen until, and like, it'll get into the thousands of Sometimes. Oh my wow. gosh. And um, there are like tactics in the newer games. Like uh, in a few generations ago, they introduced what people call like chaining, where it's if you encounter the same Pokemon over and over again, um, the odds of it being shiny eventually will go up. Okay. So you just so like, stay if you're in that hunting area. them. Exactly. Yeah, got it. Uh, and if you like kill a certain amount, the odds of it will go up. That's uh, a car alarm. <laughs> anyway. It's so excited about Pokemon. <laughs> Set <laughs> the alarms. Just, We're catching <laughs> shiny Pokemon. <laughs> or it's just an alarm Pokemon outside. <laughs> Man, they are so unoriginal these days. That's just a fucking alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like, it's it's created, and as I mentioned earlier, it's created this whole like subgenre of collection within the collection game. Wow. Uh, where it's like, oh yeah, you could catch all a thousand whatever Pokemon. And then afterwards, you can go try to catch all of them in their shiny forms, which will take you thousands of hours. Holy. Is there any, like, like w weird industry or an economy? Can people trade these? Like, do oh, people yeah. go and catch Absolutely. them? Could you buy a shiny them? on the internet? Absolutely. Because yeah, if there's, there's a comp market for it. Right. Because if there's a competitive scene, then I can imagine that that would be valuable. Yeah, 100%. And what's especially valuable is, like, not all Pokemon are distributed equally. Like, if you're trying to catch... Um, Again, like a Pidgey, which are like in the opening routes, you see hundreds of them. Like you can't take two steps without running into one. Right. Pretty easy one to find because you just encounter them so frequently. But then like legendary Pokemon where you only get the chance to encounter them once per game, people will like do entire, like spend days of their lives just saving before they encounter the, reg the legendary Pokemon and then resetting over and over uh, again until it's like oh yeah. starting the game until it's shiny. And to combat this, actually Pokemon started locking legendary Pokemon to not be uh, shiny, so people couldn't just reset over and over again for wow. that. Why does Nintendo care, though, if people oh, do that? Oh, um, Nintendo hates fun, famously. I guess the fun company. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo doesn't like it when people are enjoying their games and uh, really likes Wrong. to stick it to anyone enjoying it in a way that hasn't been approved by them. Yeah, <laughs> you have to enjoy it the correct way, just not the wrong way. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there are a lot of Pokemon games. Which one would you say stands out? Um, I still go back to um, Generation 2, Pokemon Gold and Silver, uh, because they did a thing that I think shook all, like, 
gamers at the time because this hadn't really done been done before. But they Pikachu's combined. gay. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one where Pikachu came out. Ah! <laughs> Actually, that is the generation where they introduced gender into the game. So. Oh, uh, the, are the Pokemon gendered? Yeah, huh. I mean, some uh, of them were before the like Nidoran. Nidoran and yeah, Nidorina? the two Nidorans were split up. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about that. They're the little yeah. symbols. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, in Generation 2, they introduced uh, Pokemon can be male or female. Most Pokemon can be. Some Pokemon actually don't have genders uh, at all. Most legendary Pokemon don't. Fuck yeah, um, we legendary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mewtwo, so cool. non-binary. Yeah, <laughs> a non-binary icon. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Gen 2, because after you beat Gen 2, because you, you enter a whole new uh, region, it's the, the Johto region as opposed to the Kanto region. And then after you beat it, the game goes, hey, that was fun. What if you play the last game again? And then you can go back to the original Gen 1 one and beat all those gyms again too. Oh. So it's essentially two games in one, which no game has done since. That's cool. Um, and it was very exciting. I'm a very nostalgic though. I do love the original games. Although I like the remake of the original games because the original games were objectively bad <laughs> and very broken. Yes. Right. Um, a lot of glitches, a lot of uh, just stuff that didn't work, a lot of stuff that, even worse, worked the opposite way as intended. Oh, no. Um, so the remakes, uh, Pokemon Red and Blue have since been, and by since been, I mean like o- almost 20 years ago now, re-released as Pokemon Fire Red and Leaf Green, mm. and those remakes are much, much better. Yeah. Uh, at least for someone brand new going into it. I'm sure old nostalgic heads will be like, no, you need to play them in their original form uh, on these 8-bit graphics where it's all, <laughs> the music hurts your head. You'll uh, love it. Yeah. <laughs> but, you must suffer for this fandom. <laughs> <laughs> anytime I, I want to play Gen 1 again, I typically play the, the remix Fire Red and Leaf Green. And this, like, the OG games were kind of a big deal too because couldn't you connect them and like trade Pokemon with people? Was that a thing? Yeah, their big thing was they, uh, you could use the link cable. Yeah. Which was literally you like plugged a wire between your Game Boy and your friend's Game Boy. And then the ads shows like Pokemon walking across with, like a tight rope of like being <laughs> traded between. Oh, oh my God. Um, and they yeah, would just those... escape. I'm just going to say it. Oh, <laughs> if yeah. Pokemon Absolutely. could walk run. on there, they would run. run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, famously, many of them can teleport. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it was that was another big thing where it's like this very revolutionary game up there in a in a decade where video games were revolutionizing in a way that like I don't think we've seen before and I don't think we've seen since of like just going from 2D to 3D games like Super Mario 64 and Ocarina of Time just like blowing people away. And then Pokemon where it's like now you can connect with other friends and play and like you can play like and then games where you could like play online and it's like uh, you think of like games like Red Alert, where like there's live action cutscenes, like actual actors uh, doing this at cutscenes. What? And uh, that's yeah. wild. So like in a in a decade where video games were just like innovating beyond belief, Pokemon was like, yeah, this is a community based game where you show up at school with a sick Pokemon, you can battle your friends, you can trade your friends. This isn't just something you play by yourself and talk about. It's like so smart. Yeah, it's very interactive. Yeah, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I know there's been recently been kind of a new generation of Pokemon games, right? That are more like open world. Yeah, so Pokemon's really expanded into that where it used to be very linear, like you rock to, walk down this route to this town and then you go down this route to this city and then et cetera, et cetera. And then in the last like two generations, basically, it's been kind of like, hey, this is the region, we're throwing you into it. Okay, good luck, bye. Uh, and it's been very open world. It's been, in my opinion, uh, open world's done incorrectly. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, where they, so? they give you this big open world and they're like, you can go anywhere. Uh, by the way, if you go this way, you'll die. <laughs> because mm. all those Pokemon are level 80. So oh, I hate that in games. Yeah. Where the level 80s are right beside like the level 1s and you're like, I don't friggin' know what I'm doing yet. Don't yeah. do this. Put these on a mountain somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I remember playing this because uh, I... So uh, I went to Japan recently and it so happens that when the, when I was considering going to Japan it was around the same time the new game was coming out. It so I was like, just happened it to just work happened. Happened uh, to work out. But I was like, well, I should be there when the game comes out. So I made sure I was there when it came out and it worked out. So me and my buddy ended up buying copies of the game. Uh, Were you able to buy an English language version in Japan? All, all the all the games are international. So oh. no matter where you buy it, it just asks you what language you want to play. Really? Oh, shoot, I yeah. did not know that. I did not know that That's either. relatively new. But yeah, uh, as of a few generations ago, it's like that. That's very cool. Um, so then, yeah, we were like, we bought it in Osaka, and then we took the bullet train to Tokyo, which is about a, 
I want to say two, maybe three hour train ride. And we're playing it on there. And I just remember us being like, oh, I just got my ass kicked because <laughs> I went to the <laughs> wrong gym at the wrong time. So it's like a game, uh, a game like Elden Ring, for example, where uh, it's open world and you can go in the wrong direction. And as long as you're like real quick to like dodge and run away, you'll be fine. Uh, is good open world, I find. But a game like Pokemon, where if you enter a battle, you're just locked into that battle Ugh. until you lose oh, or no. win. Oh, it's that like, does suck. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, oh. not fun. Because um, I've done my fair share of running away in open world, <laughs> <laughs> yep, exactly. world games. And, but that's part of the appeal. Of, like, you go over here and you're like, oh my god, look at that big dragon thing. I can't wait until I come back and kill it. Right. Uh, but then in a game where you get like locked into a trainer battle and it's just like there's no running away from trainer battles, it's like, oh, that guy's 20 levels higher than me. I guess I'll just lose now. <laughs> Do you yeah. lose something when you lose? You lose some of your money. Oh, that is very okay. annoying. Yeah. yeah. As long as you don't lose your Pokemon, no. it's not as bad. Uh, are Pokemon cards a thing? Yeah, absolutely. Are they still a thing? They're still popular? They're massively popular. Really? My, uh, my godsons, they're, uh, they're, now they're about 16, but when they were younger, every like Christmas or for their birthdays, all I would do is just buy them Pokemon cards, and they loved it. Like they, yeah, Pokemon are massively, massively Pokemon cards are massively, massively huge. I go to like my local, uh, my local game store, and then they have them laid out, both like the cards, the boxes. They have like individual cards laid out of like yeah, a hundred bucks for this card, a hundred bucks for that card. It's, it's I'd say probably number two behind Magic in terms of collectible card games. Really? Right, and I imagine there's a competitive scene too. Yeah, the competitive scene is pretty big as well. Um, and yeah, the the com- the card game is actually like pretty detailed in depth. I think it's a very well done uh, card game in terms of like the competitive play. And like you mentioned off the top, a lot of people didn't play them competitively growing up. It was just a fun collection, but it's actually like a pretty decent competitive card game, which I think is part of the appeal too. It's like, oh no, these are actually like, like sports trading cards. I enjoy it as well once in a while, but those are just like, oh, you collect it and you have it. You just it. hold it. Yeah, 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 it. yeah. Like, cool, you sit in my drawer now. Yeah. Exactly. I'll enjoy look at you sometimes. these. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, meanwhile, like, oh, if you get like a holographic uh, Charizard or holographic Zapdos or whatever, you're like, oh, this can go into a competitive deck and I can like flex on people at the local tournament. And, like, yeah. Is a yeah. holographic card the same as a shiny? No. Pokemon. See, no, they just have a holographic background. I had I had oh. a couple of them. I had a holographic Raichu when I was a kid. <gasps> yeah. It's cool. part of I, I sold all of my Pokemon cards for five dollars at a garage sale. The lessons we learn. Yeah. <laughs> it was to a kid. He was gonna enjoy it way more than I was. So I was like, Yeah, of course. That take kid them. made yeah. bank. Yeah, and good. Good for him. Good for him, <laughs> you know? Proud of him. Do you I, still have your Pokemon cards? Uh I'm sure they're like somewhere in my parents' house. In like a, like a binder stuffed in a drawer somewhere. Every once in a while, when I'm out, I'll like, especially when I'm at like a local comic store, I'll like grab a pack or something. Uh, I actually open them on Twitch sometimes. It's like a redemption reward on my channel. Oh, fun! So I always have some like sealed packs in my uh, oh, desk fun. just in case. Uh, but yeah, I don't really like every. I don't really like follow it too too closely. I never like buy them as an investment or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. like some people do. Uh, and most of the stories of people making like thousands of dollars off them it's like oh yeah i bought this and then put it in like an airtight case and never touched it for 10 right. years if you played with them as a kid they're almost certainly like worthless now yeah. okay with, like the creases and bends and stuff makes yeah. me feel better yeah <laughs> so the the holographic i think it was charizard that i found on the ground wouldn't uh be worth a lot of money now uh if it was uh first edition charizard it might still be because that's like one of the most in-demand cards oh really play. yeah oh, i feel worse now <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the anime. So recently, uh, Ash was uh, very famously retired from the anime. Uh, how do you feel about it? Uh, and why didn't he evolve Pikachu? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Ash Ketchum was the protagonist of the Pokemon anime. And uh, it was kind of a... They had, I think... Yeah, so to give a summary, uh, the anime's been running for, what, 25 years now at this point? Yeah. Um, and his his goal was to be a Pokemon master, and after 25 years and a thousand episodes, he finally did it. He won the uh, Pokemon championship, and they've announced that that will be the end of his story, and there's going to be two new protagonists taking over. Um, yeah, they, they kind of ended it, because I think it's, it's one of the only anime that's really carried a consistent protagonist that long. I mean, I know um, One Piece does it. They've had the same protagonist for, again, over a thousand episodes. Um, a few others do it, but most... Uh, like battle monster animes and stuff like that, and most like uh, shonen animes uh, often switch out their cast. Um, if not to the protagonist itself, many of the supporting characters. Right. So I think they just wanted to, to, to introduce new characters, have new storylines, because he 
also kind of reached the end of his story where it's like, there's only so many times this guy can lose tournaments before we stop caring about him. Right. Well, clearly yeah. not yeah. 20 years. Like it took a long time. Yeah. But this is also a guy who, again, going into the fact that Pokemon has this deep lore and pantheon, like this is a guy that has uh, flown around with gods and has <laughs> like battled like huge, like cyber monsters designed to destroy people. And like, yeah, eventually it gets to a point where it's like, how come this guy can uh, defeat the god of the ocean, but can't beat uh, this guy with a really strong Umbreon. No, <laughs> like, that's, a, that's a very good point, yeah. yeah. Also, uh, he's still 10, right? That's another thing. It was a running joke where it's like, how long can he be 10 years old? I mean, Lisa um, Simpson and Bart are doing a great job. They've set a bar. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most animes uh, don't age too, too much. I mean, Dragon Ball does, but a lot of it. But yeah, it's it's been 20 plus years. I think they were just like, we want to move on. We want new storylines to tell with new people, new adventures. Um, and the two new characters that they're running on are Jesse and James, right? From I the original wish. Pokemon. Oh my God. I would love a spin-off series of seeing it from a the different point of I view. I would watch those two for hours. They're yeah. so entertaining. They're very are, Were they still in the anime for Oh, a while? yeah. <gasps> they were like bulk and skull level, bulk and skull from Power Rangers, uh, where it's like so much of the rotating cast around Ash Ketchum changed, like Brock left, Misty left, all these new people came in and out. But uh, uh, Jesse and James were always there and like almost to their detriment, uh, similar to Power Rangers, where it's like, even as the cast of Power Rangers changed, the antagonists were always the same two doofuses. <laughs> which <laughs> I, love I think that. is part of the comedy. It's like this weird, uh, like, children's humor of like, <laughs> the same goofs keep goofing. <laughs> Those dum dums, they can't figure it out. They're never yeah. gonna win. <laughs> yeah. And to answer your question, uh, he never evolved Pikachu because Pikachu just didn't want to. That was an arc in the original series where it's like he tried to evolve Pikachu to, so Pikachu would get stronger to help win a fight. And Pikachu was like, no, I don't want. Like, that's scary. I don't want to change. Oh, a lot of, like Pikachu needs therapy. Yeah, a lot of Pikachu's plot lines are Pikachu is stubborn. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, well, fine. Um, does that mean he is, though, at a disadvantage? Like, did was he starting to hurt Ash's game after a while? Uh, I mean, based on, like, plot armor and anime logic, Pikachu did things impossible in the games. Like, Pikachu won fights against, like, rock and ground Pokemon by, like, electrifying the sprinklers and making them spray water, and that's how he got the boulder badge and beat Brock in the rock gym at first. It seems like an illegal move, and yeah, I don't know anything, not... <laughs> but... Because <laughs> famously, electric Pokemon can't hurt ground Pokemon, but okay. uh, did stuff like that. But yeah, if it was in-game, like if they went to follow the game logic, which obviously they never do, because that would make for bad television, and I don't fault them for that. Um, if you follow the game logic, yeah, Pikachu is like a very low base stat Pokemon. Oh, uh, Pokemon's base stat is a collection of all their statistics averaged up. Um, so a Pokemon like Pikachu has a base stat of like maybe 300, where uh, Mew is like 720. Ugh. So it's like a stark difference of like, oh, this Pokemon is literally over twice as strong. So Damn. the lesson to be learned is loyalty is overrated. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Correct. yeah. Ditch your friends once you realize they're too weak for you. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. A wonderful lesson. Um, uh, on, on that note, sort of, uh, have you ever considered getting into the competitive world of Pokemon? Battling? Uh, I did play uh, competitive Pokemon battling for a while. I did not um, know this. Ooh. Yeah, I, I did not the cards. I did uh, the online battling on um, Pokemon Showdown, which is a website that I'm truly shocked Nintendo hasn't shut down yet because, again, Nintendo hates fun. But Pokemon Showdown <laughs> is a website where you can... Um, like create a team just by selecting like, oh, I want a Venusaur on my team and I want a Jolteon on my team. And then you select their movesets and you spread out their stats the way you want to without having to go through all the effort of like grinding and training and oh, shit. setting cool. stats. Um, and then, yeah, there's like a ladder and a tier list of like ELO ratings similar to like chess or StarCraft where it's like as you win more, you climb up the ladder and get higher ranked. And uh, I played uh, competitively on there for a while uh, years and years ago. It's been a while, but yeah, I was fairly highly ranked. I was like top 5%, I think, on the website. Damn. Um, and just had a lot of fun of like just making like silly teams. Like this is going to be a team of only grass Pokemon, and this is going to be a team of only Eevee evolutions, and like uh, just having fun. And yeah, it's very fun because Pokemon has all sorts of different battle formats. Because um, again, <laughs> I can't stand Nintendo for those who haven't realized. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo <laughs> hates fun. So in the games, you battle one-on-one. -on -one. That's like mm -hmm. the format, and that's the way Pokemon Showdown and Smogin, which is like the over the name of the overarching uh, kind of community that dictates the rules of these battles, they use one-on-one -on -one battles. But Nintendo's official battle format is two-on-two, -two, 
So all Nintendo tournaments are two on two. Really? What? Yeah, which no one plays. The games themselves barely have two on two. And Nintendo's like, yeah, uh, when you beat the Elite Four and become champion, it's a one-on-one -on -one battle, but when you play competitively, it's two on two. And they never explain why. <laughs> um, okay. But uh, yeah, so I don't like the uh, Nintendo format, so I rarely play competitively like on my Switch because mm. uh, I just find two on two very uh, boring and way more random. But I like the one-on-one -on -one of um, just the way you play the game. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and, that does make sense. Yeah, <laughs> And yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, I have played competitively. I've kind of fallen off it a bit, but I will once in a while tune in on YouTube or Twitch to see like the finals of a competitive tournament to um, see what it looks like. But yeah, the reason I fell off it is Pokemon is very, uh, since it's so stats heavy, it's very, uh, it's almost like a solved game. Where it's like, oh, these are the best Pokemon, and if you don't use these ones, you're just gonna lose. Oh, got Ew. it. Yeah. Right. That Ew. makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, what's the nerdiest thing you've ever done in relation to this fandom? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> fly to Japan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'll accept that. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. I've, I've had several Pokemon Halloween costumes over the years. Uh, from Ash Ketchum to Trubbish to uh, <laughs> all sorts of silly stuff. Fun yeah, fact, I, I also have had a Pokemon Halloween costume. That's fine. When it first came out, I handmade a Pikachu costume in like 1998 <laughs> and wore it to school and everyone was like, what the fuck? Wait, just on like a day or Halloween? For Halloween. Okay. For Halloween. For ha I mean, <laughs> it wouldn't have surprised anyone had I just shown up yeah, on no, a Wednesday. That's actually like super normal for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't changed that much since high school. <laughs> all uh, right. No, Before, after you. No, after no, you. No, I insist. No, please. Okay, well. Um, please all right. You. Well, we're going to move on to the hot takes. Before we do, uh, have you figured out what Pokemon we are yet? Hmm. We can come back again at the end of the show and ask you if you're You are thinking. actively talking, which I understand doesn't isn't conducive to thinking deeply yeah. about a subject. I've, I've, I've got short lists. Okay, so okay. Yeah, come back to me at the end. Okay. Here we go. We're, go we're moving on. We'll be a teaser uh, for the end. So oh, this one, uh, this hot take, oh, I like this a lot. Um, Pokemon is entirely about capitalist consumption, the merchandising, but also the gotta catch em all theme of the show itself. Yeah, that's every media series ever. What? <laughs> <laughs> Particularly kids' media, too. Yeah. Kids' media is like, I mean, if you've listened to Ahai Bailai, where uh, Jocelyn Getty works in uh, kids' media, she talks a lot about toyification. Um, I think that's the word for it. Anyway, yeah, just yeah. every kid's property is designed, built, thought about as can this make toys. Yeah, that, I don't think that's a hot take at all. It's just like, yeah, Transformers exists to sell toy cars. The, like Barbie exists to sell dolls. Hello Kitty exists to sell stickers and plushies. Like, yeah, it's yeah, that's that is the industry. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> your take has been down, your hot take has been downgraded to. Take. Two yeah, facts. <laughs> <I'll take. laughs> All right, got it. Um, okay, how about this one? Um, the entire pipeline of the Pokemon Media Empire relies on their miniature main, or sorry, on their mainline series games, pumping out new content every few years. If they want to make this sustainable, they have to find another way. Make it one large open world that keeps being updated and maintained like an MMO. Imagine World of Warcraft, but Pokemon. I'm shook. <laughs> I am shook. Uh, I'm shook at the idea of if they want to make the highest grossing media franchise of all time sustainable. Um, yeah, Pokemon's doing fine. <laughs> doesn't need to, like, don't get me wrong, I would like to see them expand as well. I, this sounds, and I don't fault the person for this, this sounds like here's what I desire and I'm trying to frame it as a challenge. But unfortunately, uh, once and uh, truth can be different, uh, oftentimes is, yeah, Pokemon is doing better than it's ever done. It's the highest selling franchise of all time. It's, it's ahead of Mickey Mouse. It's ahead of Star Wars. Which what? Had, had really? Yeah, Pokemon's number one. Some, some lists will put like, I think like Hello Kitty or Mickey Mouse ahead of it sometimes, but most lists considering, because uh, this is a hard thing to measure, but most lists you find out there will list Pokemon number one all time ahead of, yeah, like I said, ahead of Hello Kitty, ahead of Winnie the Pooh, ahead of Power Rangers, or obviously Power Rangers, ahead of Star Wars, ahead of Mickey Mouse. Wow. Um, it's number one all time. Uh, the most recent game in its first weekend sold 10 million copies, so it's doing all right. It's uh, second most recent game, Sword and Shield, which came out in 2019, I want to say. Um, 2019 or 2020, uh, it's the second highest selling Pokemon game ever behind only the originals. So Pokemon is arguably better than it's ever been. I, I, it's, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any worry about it being sustainable. Um, and for the second part about that, about it being an open world MMO, 
I remember this being a thing I really wanted to, of being like, wow, well, imagine World of Warcraft, but Pokemon, you could run around and see Pokemon, catch it. Um, but then the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I don't think that would ever work, because what would that look like? Like, you just run around and battle other people? Or, like, what's like what's the end goal? Like, World of Warcraft, you, like, train up and you go fight uh, the big demon lord at the end of it and stuff. Ah, uh, yeah. And with Pokemon, it's like, okay, you run around, and then after you catch all the Pokemon, then what's there to do? Like, do you do... You do do you battle other trainers? Because then that's just competitive online battling with extra steps. Yeah. I wonder if you'd um, like have NPC bosses like to like at gyms and stuff that weren't players but were beatable. Yeah, but that's like kind of what the current games are doing where you can literally do like raids in right. the newest games where it's like, hey, here's a big um, Arcanine and it's like level 200 and you're going to like you and three of your friends have to fight it together to oh, beat that's it. that's cool. Um, and that's kind of what it already is. And I would love an open world game. I just don't know what that looks like without it being run around and collect stuff because, and this is the nerdiest thing I'll maybe ever say. Um, there's a Minecraft mod called Pixelmon where it's like they make open world Pokemon in Minecraft. And I remember being like, oh my God, finally I got open world Pokemon. Hell yeah. And then I downloaded it and I played it for a couple hours and went, I'm so bored right now. <laughs> wow. I just ran around and caught Pokemon and it was just, it was a collection simulator. It felt like playing Grand Theft Auto and like trying to like catch all the pigeons and stuff like that of like, oh, I'm just running around collecting things and there's no actual gameplay here. I almost feel like it would almost need to be get more granular in that like you have to make money and then that's like in order to afford to keep traveling to places, like actually getting to places to catch said Pokemon would have to be hard. Yeah, and then you've just got Eve Online, which is just like a second job. Right, then. exactly. <laughs> and at that point, like what kids are going to be like, yeah. I want to go get a part-time job so that I can yeah. like, yeah. um, I don't know, man. Because then the only way for that to be sustainable, because again, MMOs are super expensive, which is yeah. why no one does them. The only way for that to be sustainable is if you slow down the collection process of like do what kind of Pokemon Go is doing where you release the Pokemon incrementally. But then it's like, oh yeah, people play Pokemon game when they're walking to work and something like that. Yeah. That's not a thing people are going to like World of Warcraft log on and play for six hours straight. So like, yeah. yeah. What do you see as a future direction that you'd like to see the franchise go? Um, I would love like... I, I don't think it works as an MMO, but I would love to see like a more open world where all the Pokemon are included because right now they're like really throttling. Uh, the newer games don't have all the Pokemon and that's, I think, by design. So you have to buy, again, the mass consumption thing. You have to buy multiple games and trade between it uh, to get all the games. Um, like most of the new games only have like four or 500 Pokemon out of 1,000. Only? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> only four or 500. Well then. Um, but yeah, the I mean, the current format works so, so well. Like I said, the newest game sold 10 million copies in opening weekend. Um, and that was months ago. At this point, so they're probably like well over 20, 30 million. Um, there were, I don't see it changing anytime soon, which again, a lot of Nintendo's fault, a lot of Game Freak's fault. <laughs> but they've got no incentive to change it because they're breaking sales records every generation. Right. Like it's, um, but yeah, to answer your question, I would like to see uh, everything all-encompassing embrace the 1v1 format Nintendo, like let competitive play uh, be the thing. Um, a lot of people, one thing people suggest a lot is uh, difficulty uh, leveling, which I think we kind of got in the newest game based on what I was talking about before, where you could just like run into a different gym and be like, oh, this is a way higher level and it's more difficult. Right. But um, the, the sad fact of the matter is it's a children's game that we're all just so nostalgic for <laughs> that we can't play. help. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not... <laughs> How do you make Pokemon better for 30-year-olds? Oh, you don't. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's not, not for you. you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a fair you, point. You put yeah. down the switch. Yeah. You yeah. go outside. That is the case with a couple things that were designed for kids. There was one that I was talking to somebody about recently, and I forget what it is. It'll come to me. But, like, yeah, some things are just are designed for a younger yeah. audience, and you just kind of need to accept yeah. that. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. Totally. Like, I love SpongeBob SquarePants. I'm not the target demographic of it. Yeah, so totally. Like, and I adore Pokemon, but at the same time, I recognize... Most of the things they would add to make me happy would devastate most of their, their target audience. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. Just kids crying yeah. in the street. Which is kind of bullying. That's yeah. bullying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I want Pokemon to be a subscription service where I can only play with access to high-speed internet. It's like, oh, yes, okay. All these kids will hate it. <laughs> yeah. Um, one conversation that came out of the hot take that we just had is, what do you think drives the creation of Pokemon, the games or the anime? The games, 100%. The games? The, the anime could stop tomorrow, and I the, I don't think it would slow down the the marketing of Pokemon at all. The games are so, so massive. They're like, again, like, again, it's, 
I'm repeating this point again, but it's the highest grossing media franchise of all time. Like, and it's it was based off a game series. Like, right. Pokemon came out in like '96, I want to say, in Japan, and then two years later made its way to North America. And by the time it hit North America, it was already like a sensation. Like, it's there's been nothing like it. And uh, the anime only came several years. At, well, the manga, and then the anime, and then the cards, and then the toys and the plushies. In fact, I would even say that the merchandise does more for Pokemon than the television series. That's does. probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the merchandise is often like, more powerful than we give it credit for. Exactly. Like they also just partnered with uh, Squishmallows, so now you can get like a big Pikachu or Gengar <gasps> Squishmallow. That's and pretty it's, like, cute. I oh think. Oh my god. Yeah, I think having like a big round two foot tall Pikachu I is want it. Uh, way more exciting to most people. That, exactly. I don't even play Pokemon this, and this I want already, it. This is already, uh, well, this was a scientific experiment. Um, we were using Steph as a test subject. Yeah. Oh, it works so well. Um, this one is, Pikachu shouldn't be the mascot of Pokemon anymore. It should be Eevee or Charizard or even Meowth. Um, I think Nintendo agrees with you. <laughs> so fun fact, uh, Clefairy was originally supposed to be the mascot. Really? Um, yeah, and then they... So, I thought you said Cliff Harry, and I was like, who the fuck is Cliff? <laughs> <laughs> Just a dude. Uh, honestly. Just a dude named Cliff. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, and uh, so Nintendo's really been pushing Eevee a lot recently to the fact that their most recent Generation 1 remakes, Pokemon Let's Go, were called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee. Um, so they made, like, Eevee a starter Pokemon. And uh, Eevee's in a lot of the marketing. Eevee, uh, I mean, everyone loves Eevee. Well, and um, also Eevee's such a, like, flexible character if you have Eevee as a starter and if you tag onto that because there's just so many different iterations of the, yeah. what Eevee can become. That's yeah. true. Also, she's friggin' cute. So friggin' cute. So friggin' cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Eevee's wonderful. Uh, I know for a fact, or maybe just a conspiracy theory. That, uh, <laughs> wait, 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 <laughs> hang on. Those are two very different things. <laughs> Polar opposites. Well, both, in a way. So, <laughs> Nintendo loves Charizard, um, because Charizard's arguably the most popular Pokemon behind Pikachu. Uh, really? Big fire dragon, generation one starter. Totally was um, my favorite when I was a kid. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as a Bulbasaur fan, despised Charizard. But, <laughs> All right, yeah, well. Massively popular. Um, but Charmander was the starter Pokemon, wasn't he? Becomes Charizard. Yeah. I know, but like, why not make this small little cutie friend? Because it's not strong. Oh. It doesn't fly. I guess. <laughs> Charizard is dope. Yeah. Uh, Charmander's dope too. It's got a tiny little flame. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Charizard's used in a lot of promo stuff. Um, very popular. And uh, my conspiracy theory part of it is I think a lot of the new Pokemon mechanics are designed to make Charizard better. <laughs> because oh, uh, interesting. Charizard is, for a long time, was not used in competitive play. Because since it is rock, or sorry, since it is fire and flying, that means it has got a four times weakness to rock Pokemon. And there's uh, rock attacks are very common in competitive play, so you just couldn't use a Charizard because we'd instantly get killed. Is that just people whipping stones at yeah, this dragon? <laughs> and there's like a lot of uh, there's a there's a rock move that's like an entry hazard, which is like you put it on the field and it does damage every time you switch Pokemon and stuff like that. So since that was such a common move, people wouldn't use Charizard because mm. um, Charizard was very weak to that attack. But then some of the new mechanics, like they introduced uh, Mega Evolutions, which turns Charizard into a Dragon type. Um, which meant it was no longer weak to rock. And then the most recent uh, mechanic of terrestrializing, where you can change a Pokemon's type, uh, also seems to benefit Charizard a lot. Wait, Interesting. you can just change any Pokemon's type? Yeah, it's seems the newest mechanic the in the new games. But what if you like, okay, so if you have Pikachu and suddenly Pikachu's not electric anymore? Yeah, you can only do it once per fight. So you can be like, I want my Pikachu to be a grass Pokemon now or whatever. Well, but oh, then so it changes all of their, change. but it changes no. all of their uh, their attacks and stuff, wouldn't it? No, it keeps their attacks the same. But then the benefit is, so in competitive play, if you use an attack that is the same type uh, that your Pokemon is, it'll deal bonus damage deals 50% more damage, so big increase. Okay, okay, okay. So okay. if you've got, uh, for example, a Pikachu that knows uh, the move Body Slam, and you turn Pikachu into a normal type, the Body Slam will now deal 50% more damage. Oh. And you can also use it defensively. Uh, for example, if you have a Charizard, and they send out a rock, a rock Pokemon, you could switch Charizards to being a Steel type. So all of a sudden, that Rock move doesn't do a lot of damage, and Charizard can now use uh, Steel Wing or something and do a bunch of more damage to the Rock Pokemon. Shit. 
Gotcha. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Okay. Um, okay. So how about this? Uh, I like this one because it seems to descend into a different take as it talks. <laughs> okay. There, uh, there are a bunch of phoned-in Pokemon that it, it would be okay if they went extinct, or maybe they should reveal Mr. Mime really was just a dude the whole time. Since while creepy, it's still less creepy than the existence of Mr. Mime and all they imply in the first place. <laughs> so <laughs> this person seems to start with, and and I respect this. Uh, there is a bunch of phoned-in Pokemon and ends in. And kill Mr. Mime. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like this person, well, but this person hates Mr. Mime, but didn't want to attack that head on. Yeah, it was too uh, hot a take yeah. on its own. Yeah, yeah, it's scorching. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is kind of what we talked about at the beginning. I mean, if you've got a thousand of something, some are going to be better than others. Yep. Again, not all of them can be the ti- the god of time and space. Um, sometimes you'll have rat, and sometimes you'll have <laughs> six eggs, <laughs> and sometimes you'll have car keys. Uh, the car keys, I will admit, do kind of come across as somebody who has a deadline. And, yeah, has a deadline, just, just looking, looking around, around the room, yeah. feeling in his pockets, yeah. being like, okay, here we go. What, what Lint- else do I got? Uh, Lintor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, some of them feel phoned in, but again, the whole appeal of Pokemon is there's so, so many of them, so... Yeah, some will be better than others. And the opposed of that is there are some people out there that love Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime is their favorite. They've got walls of Mr. Mime plushies. They've got walls of rat and pigeon plushies. That's they, true. Yeah. Mr. Mime was the best part of Pokemon, the the Detective Pokemon. They had a hilarious. Oh, yeah. That yeah. movie was phenomenal. Detective that was Detective far Pikachu. better Thank than you. it should have been. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, oh. it had no yeah. right to be as good a movie I as it was. I just squealed Mr. with delight yeah. the whole thing. Some genuinely good comedy in there. Yeah. In the anime, Mr. Mime is also like kind of a comic relief character. Ash's mom has a Mr. Mime, and it's like just like, oh, it's just like little wacky slapstick goofball. And Doesn't he like clean their house sometimes and stuff? Yeah. I feel a, like a, I have a mental image of him in a tiny little like apron. Oh, I, I also believe have so, that yeah. Yeah. Um, what are, do you have any hot takes that you just need to get out into the world? This is, you have the floor, not that you don't normally on your Twitch channel, but. (laughs) (laughs) Um, hmm. I think most of them have come out at some point over, over the past, uh, few minutes of just my conspiracy theory about Game Freak and Nintendo trying to protect Charizard. Uh, Nintendo just hating fun. Yeah, I feel like Nintendo, I feel like you coming for Nintendo has been the ongoing hot take. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, Hottest take, which is the Pokemon you'd smash the hardest? Like in a smash or pass situation? Yeah. Oh, Gardevoir, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Help us out for those that don't have an immediate mental (laughs) image of that. Why? Gardevoir is, uh, it's almost become a meme at this point where Gardevoir is essentially, it's a psychic fairy Pokemon that is just like, a blonde woman in a long, flowing, elegant ball gown. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's, that's really all it is. She's a hot type? Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> she is smashed. <laughs> For context, the reason Steph asked this, uh, this isn't just something that you're regularly thinking about. No, no, no. There's a, there was a whole thing for a while uh, online of different uh, Twitch streamers, I believe, and you probably, I think, were the one who shared it with me, uh, people ranking Smash or Pass on various yeah. Pokemon. Yeah. So, yeah, they would go through Pokemon lists and uh, decide whether they would smash Which is have intercourse too, with yeah, it or pass it. decide not to yeah um, and yeah it was it was a running thing for like a month yeah last look up year. some of that content though it's pretty funny yeah, the internet um, is a crazy place <laughs> but yeah Gardevoir is kind of like the go-to one everyone says uh, for the furries it's Lopunny which is uh, uh, what's it called uh, anthropomorphic Bunny rabbit with thick thighs and high heels. Yeah. Oh, so um, just uh, what's her face, Bunny from uh, Space Jam? Oh, kind of, yeah. Lola, yeah, Lola Bunny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pretty much Lola Bunny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are those are the two that everyone goes back to. All right, and um, just before we wrap up and move on, what Pokemon are we? Um, okay. Uh, just just throw them out there, even if you even if you're not positive on it. Yeah. Uh, Steph gives me big grass type energy. Okay. Yeah. So I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Blossom. Oh, okay. I know who that one is. Yeah. So Blossom, little oh, grass type. That's a pretty good one. Um, that one's cute. And Kaya, you give me. I, this is how I did. I went for the typing first. Oh, uh, that makes sense. What typing? And narrow it down. I yeah. Uh, I get electric type energy from you. Ooh. Ooh okay. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm gonna go with uh, either Yamper or Boltund, which are the same same family. Yamper is a cute little electric corgi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what? And then, and then Boltund is its, uh, I guess it's 
It's supposed to be a Dachshund uh, or like a Greyhound type thing, but it's a, another bigger electric dog. Oh my gosh. Oh, I will absolutely be an electric dog. <laughs> oh my go. God, that works. That Let's works so go. well for you. Okay, great. Um, all right, well, at the end of every episode, we like to share our micro fandoms of the week, which we will do in just a moment, but before we do, it is plug, plug time. time. Plug time for time. plugs. Um, we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, at Fandom Show Pod. Um, that is, of course, as long as Twitter continues to exist. Uh, we also have a website if you want to see us on one of those. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes, if you want to catch up on past episodes, or if you just want to give us a hello, you can check us out at thefandomshow.com. Uh, please tell all your nerdiest friends about us, and if you can get on your podcast provider of choice, though uh, principally I, Apple Podcasts, um, please give a rate, a review, uh, a subscribe. Uh, any of this really, really does help us uh, share share the excitement of fandoms with others. Uh, you can leave even a one-word uh, review or a sentence that can help us move up the charts and means we can have more uh, more fandom fans. Maybe this time it can be like Justice for Trubbish or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> or like yes. Mewtwo is non-binary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, this show will always be free. Uh, and you're listening to it truly is the greatest support we could ask for. Uh, but if you were like, this money's burning a hole in my pocket and I already bought all the Pokemon. Pokemon. What am I going to do with the rest of it? We have a Patreon and would love for you to, to join in there and support us. Uh, you get ex some exclusive content that's only for Patreon folks. We have a Patreon only podcast uh, called The Fan Club that's Kaya and I just talking about the stuff that we love and that we get excited for. Uh, sometimes we play little games. Sometimes we just uh, shoot the shit. It's yeah. It's really fun. Our um, last episode is a wrap-up of all the stuff we really loved in uh, 2022. What year is it? 2022. Yeah, it's 2023 yeah. now. Um, yeah, so uh, thank you so much to all of our patrons that are there right now, uh, and hopefully some of you will join us there. And our theme song is by Yusu Kim, and our logo is the wonderful uh, by the wonderful John Blair. The logo is John it Blair. It's just our friend We've John it. Blair. We've named our logo John Blair. <laughs> um, now for our micro fandoms of the week, Kaya, what are you nerding about? Oh, boy, you came to me first, eh? Um, yeah, yeah I, you know what? I'm I'm on a mystery uh, kick right now. Um, I we recently watched Glass Onion, uh, which I thought was a delightful movie. Um, is it the most comprehensive mystery of all time? No, um, but that's so far from the point. It's just like such a well well made fun film that was just like such a delight to watch. So many great performances, and I do just love having to work my brain a little bit while we while we watch it and trying to like catch all the clues i felt myself just constantly like i couldn't walk away from the screen to go get another glass of water because i was like i'll miss a like detail and that's a level of watching that i think sometimes uh, sh regular shows just don't have because I feel oh, yeah, like walk I can away walk all in the it. time. Uh, of course, or like I'll go to Twitter for like a minute, and it's a bad habit. But like I'm kind of really enjoying shows and movies and stuff where I can't do that because every sentence could potentially matter. And yeah, um, it's it's neat. Um, Steph, what about you? Oh, uh, so not that long ago, well, maybe a bit of time now, uh, I helped to kickstart uh, a board game. Uh, which is the Um Actually board game. Hell yeah. Uh, uh, Philippe actually introduced us to this show, uh, Um Actually, and now we are uh, super into it, and they created a board game. We've played it a few times, and it's so much fun. So fun. I love trivia. I've you know never thought I loved trivia as much as I turns out I love trivia. And we've become a real trivia household, as it turns out. Not that we're like particularly excellent at it. You're better than me. We're getting there, though. We're doing a lot of it these yeah, days. That's um, true. But yeah, it's very fun, very much in the spirit of the show. Uh, great to play with your friends. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love that show, and I want to support it in any way I can. Uh, so if you like a nerdy trivia stuff, Check out the I'm Actually board game because uh, I don't get paid anything for this, by the way. No. I do yeah. not have shares. Uh, imagine if you could get shares of things through Kickstarter. Anyways, I've lost the plot. Uh, <laughs> I think about... that's just called being an investor. Yeah, you're talking about the stock market. <laughs> oh, I don't want to do the stock market. I want to do things that... Oh. And today's on today's episode of The Phantom Show, Steph quietly invents the stock market again. That's nice for me. Uh, what are you fanning out about? <laughs> Focus! <laughs> no. No! <laughs> Everything turns into gentle stuff. Uh, I'm a big fan of startup companies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you bullied me last episode. This is fair's fair. Fine. Uh, I think I'd be just doing a disservice to uh, a lot if I didn't mention this because it's been ruining my life over the past couple weeks. 
but I've been so addicted in a way I cannot uh, even remember the last time I was addicted to a game this way, to the game of Marvel's Midnight Suns that I only found out about uh, from friend of the show, Sam Maggs, who tweeted about it. just like an offhand tweet a while ago. And I went, what's this game? I haven't heard of this. And uh, it's a tactical RPG set in the Marvel universe, uh, made from the guys who made XCOM, uh, which is one of my favorite video games ever. And it's so addictive, so fun. I'm not a big story and video games person. I typically prefer gameplay over story. But not only is the gameplay excellent, but the story is very good. It's very funny. It's well written. Uh, wonderfully voice acted. Uh, Laura Bailey, Matthew Mercer, a ton of other wonderful Ooh, voice actors I are love in Laura it. Laura Bailey. Uh, Again, yeah. Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's I've put in 60 hours in the past two weeks and I think into this Ooh. game. And I'm not even done a playthrough yet and it's so so good damn yeah. all right well, maybe you have to look that up uh, once i finish this school yes, yes. <laughs> uh Philippe, thank you so much for being here Thanks uh for where can people found you how anything you want to plug yeah you can find me on twitch at twitch.tv slash fallopo f-o-l-o-p-o uh i play that game i just talked about there marvel midnight suns along with a lot of pokemon games doing uh nuzlocks and kaizo runs and all sorts of challenging pokemon runs which uh, we don't, we're not going to get into this now, but those are ways of making Pokemon more difficult based on fan-made rule sets. Um, do all that stuff on there. And uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at twitter.com slash Demas F-I-L-I-P-E-D-I-M-A-S. Often trolling us. Yes, yeah. it's true. <laughs> yeah, just look in Stefan Kaya's comment. It replies, <laughs> yeah. and you, you'll, you'll find me. Philippe is making a concerted effort to cancel me, and it hasn't worked so far. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like to play, Philippe? Canceling Kaya? <laughs> One day. One day, Philippe. Um, well, thank you so much. Uh, and till next time, love the things you love and tell everyone about them. Bye. Goodbye. The Phantom Show. The Fandom Show is produced by Andrew Ivamy as part of the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as web comics, articles, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com.